Mario and Pokemon and all the games that took us to another place and made us want to keep playing all night. These are the games of our lives. Welcome everybody to the Games of Our Lives podcast, a uh, podcast where we talk about the games of our lives and how they made us who we are today. Uh, typically a game uh, podcast about games from the past. Today we're doing things about the present, and we're talking about this year, 2023's year in review. My name is Bill the Fajita, and I am accompanied, as always, by the wonderful, the fantastic, the uh, the, the very handsome, Badalon. I was going to say, you can keep going. Oh, I, I got if. Okay. If, if your eyes didn't stop me. But welcome Happy in. To be here. Happy to have you. Folks, we are going to be talking about just video games in the year of 2023. Specifically, uh, we each made a top 10 list of our top 10 games. We also made a list of a couple of disappointments and some hopeful things we've got ready for the future uh, of 2024. But before we dive in to what was basically one of the biggest years in video gaming, just period. Um, I say we talk a little bit about the news. Just open with a little news seg. Oh boy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We listen. If if we weren't starting with the news, what what are we doing with ourselves here? So we're gonna start off first. We're gonna we've got a couple video game awards that were given out. Uh, two biggies. I feel uh, that kind of encompassed what this year was all about we've got the video game awards which is an annual award show that uh is hosted by the uh the keely jeff himself and who was the winner of the video game awards this year battle on in my heart or in, in reality are we are we talking in, action games are we talking indie game of the year we're talking just the game of the year oh um Oh, God. Did I forget? Baldergate? Uh, yeah, it was Baldur's Gate 3. Yeah, Baldur's Gate 3. I was going to say, like, wait. Yeah. Uh, so, that's not a game that I've played. Battleon, is that a game that you've played? No. It's... I, that's one of those games, if I had infinite time and less responsibilities, I would have played like crazy. Yeah. But it, I know my limits. The game looks sick. It looks so good. And IGN released their game of the year. Ooh, I didn't know that one. Yeah, IGN's Game of the Year. It is not Baldur's Gate 3. Is it Zelda? It is Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. Okay. So, like, I can respect that. I can respect it. Yeah, it's not too bad. Uh, In other news, E3. Oh. They go. Forever, in the chat. Forever in our hearts, though. E3 had some, some fantastical gaming moments, uh, many of which involved uh reggie this is oh, my... there's some top tier moments i mean we would not have my body is ready if it weren't for e3 it's seriously it's a damn shame really uh but you know e3 for those unaware is a or was i should say a uh, an annual video game conference where all of the who's who in gaming would get together over the course of a week and they would just make a boatload of announcements and 
you could it was at an expo hall and people could go and demo some of the games and talk to some of the devs and it was a whole whole shenanigans festival and it was fun i assume i never went yeah that was one of those things i always wanted to do but right you kind of need a a reason to be there usually an invitation in order for you to get to the things you want to get to right uh, unfortunately we were way too cool for them but that is what it is you know what i'm saying but e3 gone too soon or gone maybe just at the right time it's it's weird because i feel like there was a skip year between the last e3 and the e3 before it because of covid year perhaps yeah that felt like the decline right there it felt like that was kind of the the nail like there there are further nails in the coffin later but that was definitely the first one if not like the fifth or sixth i i think it was kind of a a long time coming sort of situation because you had nintendo with its directs and then sony had its own state of play and you know microsoft and square enix both decided to kind of do their own things and you know i i really think like the nintendo direct is what sparked the downfall of e3 in general uh, just the fact that Nintendo would do its own video packages outside of uh, the event yeah, kind of hurt them in the long run. They kicked those up a lot more once they're... Well, they started... Didn't they start them at E3? They did. They did. I, I think they, uh, instead of having a stage performance, chose to do a video package instead. And... It was one of the smartest things Nintendo ever did. Yeah. They future-proofed their news. True. Uh, another big news moment is that the Pokemon Scarlet and Violet DLC, the Indigo Disc, dropped this week, where uh, players can continue the story that started with the Teal Mask back a few months ago. See some new Pokemon and uh, imagine what life as a uh, Poly Shore and Biodome would have really been like. <laughs> oh man, it looks it looks super fun. Ty's been playing it a bunch. Yeah, are there any uh, Pokemon reveals that you were particularly hyped about? Uh, I didn't know that Hydrapple existed until like we just it was just there. Like Ty was like, "Hey, look at this thing this person found." And he was, like, showing me a person he was watching, and I was, like, freaking out. Or no, 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 That was him right after I found it. I found it from Loxton and Noggin. Okay. And now Hydrapple is, is that, like, just another evolution of uh, Applin? Yeah, it goes Applin, Diplin, Hydrapple. Oh, does Diplin... The lore for it is so good, too. So does Diplin evolve into Hydrapple? Yes. Oh, so it's not, like, just Applin straight into Hydrapple. No. Oh, okay. The thing I... that's so cool about it is Hydrapple has, like, it, the thing that makes it evolve is it learns Draconic Cheer or something. Okay. And it literally calls the other dragons, and then they they all share in an apple together. Oh, my God. And that turns them into a Hydra because now you got a bunch of dragons in one apple. That's really funny, actually. That's super funny. I think it's amazing. I, I like that. Yeah, no, that's cool. I'm excited. Uh, I haven't played it yet, but 
I have it downloaded and I am rearing to go. I'm so ready to play it. Same here. And uh, the last last piece of news was an announcement from last night. Uh, Sea of Stars devs have announced that they are pulling a uh, a certain newsman uh, from their game. And that is the completionist is being pulled from Sea of Stars uh, in a future update, uh, given all of the allegations and shenanigans going around with uh, the completionist, which... You know, we, I personally still don't, until we have like every piece of the story, I don't want to bring a hammer down on anybody, but let's just say it's not looking good. Yeah, it's, it's pretty rough. Um, there are enough people that know enough things that are saying enough that it makes me sad. It's right. like, it's, I never want to jump to a conclusion because that conclusion could be wrong. Right. And I am someone that appreciated the completionist sure so it's a little upsetting but fair i mean my sister also was like oh man yeah it it, it doesn't look good it no it i'm like hoping good. there's some like magic that happens that's like oh sorry i'm just really inept at explaining things which is ironic given the fact that his thing is explaining things Right. But, uh, it's not looking good. Well, I, I guess we shall see, but we won't be seeing much more of him in Sea of Stars as uh, he'll be replaced by uh, probably me. In... Oh, I would, I would love to apply for that position, though. Right? Seriously. Seriously. Um, but that's going to do it for the, uh, the news. And I think, I think it's time. I think it's time to talk about what's really going on here. And that is 2023 in review. The 10 best video games that we played. Uh, we each came up with a list of 10 games that we completed. Uh, the the It's not necessarily games that came out this year, but it's games that we completed for the first time this year. That, is that about where we're at? The only thing that doesn't follow that rule is that I, I, I have a DLC there. And there was another DLC that was originally on the list. This this list has been remade more than once. <laughs> it was uh, tough. This I, was I do have DLC on I can here. remember in gaming. Like, it was yeah. absolutely insane. Like, there are multiple lifetime top five games that came out this year. Yeah, no, there's, uh, there's at least four games that I think I'm going to end up playing... Uh, on a an annual or semi-annual uh, schedule moving forward, just because they were yeah, just so just fun. wild, so freaking fun. Uh, but why don't we kick it off, Battle on? Give us your number ten game. Uh, I'm gonna hit you first with an honorable mention because I didn't get to play it yet. Ooh, okay. Um, I started it with Ty just because Ty was asking for help. Yeah. Um, honorable mention goes to Born of Bread because I feel like it would have been in the top ten if I got to play it. I mean, the game um, literally just dropped in the last like week or two. Week or two. Yeah, right? it was. It was just a couple days. It, no, it was like a week ago. Yeah. So that's. Um. Yeah. The, the actual number ten game, I can almost guarantee, would be higher if I got to actually play through more of it. I only played it for like an hour and a half with Gianna, but um, Mario Wonder probably okay. would be higher. But 
Mario just because I didn't really get to play it. It is on my 10. list, so we'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll save it for yours then. How about you? Uh, I did not. You know what? As far as my, this is what I'll do. I'll I'll say my honorable mention is a couple of games that I had already beaten this year, but that I just love. Uh, so some games that I've beaten this year that I've beaten multiple times now, uh, or just didn't make the list. Uh, I got Donkey Kong Country 2. I got Final Fantasy 6, which did not make my top 10 this year. Uh, but I did beat it for the first time this year. Uh, Mega Man Battle Network. What's that? Most definitely a game. Oh, yeah. Mega Man Battle Network. We've got uh, Inside. Uh, let's see. Played a little Mario & Luigi Superstar Saga. And some Lost Kingdoms were some of my highlights this year. GameCube banger. But none of them reached the top 10. So, uh, yeah. Battle on. Number 10. So, my number 10 technically is Mario Wonder, even though it should have gone higher. I mean, given that you haven't played through the whole thing, I, uh, it makes sense. Makes sense. Um, I, I have it much higher up on my list. Uh, I do have it at the five spot, but Mario Wonder, man, it is one of those games that, uh, it's not a long game. I think I 100%ed the game in maybe like 15 hours, if that. Uh, it's, it's definitely definitely breathes life into the 2D Mario, though, in a way that it hasn't in literally, oh, God, since like, the Wii? Yeah, you know what? Maybe since, like, the first new Super Mario Brothers game? That's what I'm thinking. Because uh, just... they added, like, ice flowers and a bunch of other things and inclines with ice and all the cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, don't think, I don't think there was a single Mario 2D game. I mean, Mario Maker changed everything in the sense sure. that now you can make Mario levels even if you're not on a computer and hacking. But, I mean, the gameplay, the biggest change in 2D happened on the Wii with new and a new super mario brothers and then this blew that out of the water in terms of the gameplay changes like it was so cool oh yeah i just the fact that they added badges that gave you like kind of special abilities and you know the the musical scoring is incredible the visuals are fantastic the fact that each level basically has a unique gimmick and usually the gimmicks aren't used more than once or twice unless it's like you have an early game gimmick that becomes like much harder in a later level with more yeah. fleshed out uh, uh, controls and whatnot. It, it's really, really just like, I don't want to say it's a 2D masterpiece, but it's right up. Like it is a really, really well done 2D game. The controls are amazing. So it feels like by the time I get to the end of the game, I'm going to be saying it's up there. Keep sure. in mind, this is also the first Mario game with the new voice actor. It's true. Uh, and this is in the same year that the Mario movie came out, which was amazing. So, like, Nintendo yeah. and Mario are just kind of having a banner year. Oh, my gosh. Like, can we even talk about, like, how the Mario movie came out this year in 2023 and a Zelda movie got announced for the future? The Nintendo fans are eating right now. And anybody oh, yeah, saying they're... otherwise isn't paying attention. There's that's a lot of copium otherwise. It, it, oh yeah. 
I had to remake my list multiple times for a reason. Yeah, it's oh, so so good. Uh, there, my number ten. My number ten is a game that I know you hold near and dear to your heart, but you may have beaten it in 2022 because it did release, uh, you know, fourth quarter 2022. And my number ten spot goes to an adorable little adventure called Little Gator Game. Ooh. Well, I'll save I'll save my explanation for when we get there. It is significantly farther up the list for me. Okay, okay. Uh, little Gator Game. It it is a a fun little three D romp where you play as a little gator and you're just bipping and bopping around, solving some puzzles, exploring mountains. Uh, it's it's kind of like a larger scope version of a short hike. Uh, another yeah. indie game. Uh, and it's just it's just a very cozy experience. It hits me right in the heart. Oh yeah, uh, it's a feels trip for sure. But more on that for my for my higher on the. I almost gave away the number. Ooh. More on that when I get to its spot on my list. All right, all right. Well, what's your number nine? Number nine, uh, that'd be Death's Door, which also would probably be higher if I finished it. It got interrupted by uh, Tears of the Kingdom, but Death's Door is amazing. So good. That store is a banger. I started playing that because of you, actually. Oh man, it is. So and I, then hold on, guess yeah. guess who else I saw playing it, and that's what cemented me buying it, and this is why it felt sad. Oh no, the completionist. Oh no. Does not now, change the fact that I love the game. The game is amazing. I'm gonna finish it. I mean, Death Store so much this year. It, it is an isometric kind of. Uh, is it like a Souls like? Would you like a Souls light? Would you call it? Or... The way it plays is sort of like a cross between Souls and Hades, in, sure. in my opinion. I think that's fair. Um, it's it's not a roguelite. No, no, everything is but it's, is as is. It feels it played like I had played Hades enough in the past couple years that it felt I felt at home playing it because of that. Right. Um. Yeah. It's uh. It's it's a really fun time. The visuals are very almost uh, Studio Ghibli esque. Yeah, I think um, that helped a lot. And the storytelling is really, really fun, really unique, and uh, you know, very you're clever. Little, you're a little crow going around doing crow stuff. I think is the best way to describe it. Honestly, you have to try and reunite souls with. Like there, there are. Uh, are they some sort of like link to the afterlife or something like that? Yeah, basically, you're you're basically playing the role of the Grim Reaper. Right, right. And it's like a corporate setting, though, which is like hilarious. It's like there are people filling out paperwork in in like the big office, and there's like like frustrated, annoyed crows, and then there's one that's like, I love writing reports. I had it's just it's so funny that it just is so good. Yeah, it's it's really cleverly written. The the environments are really unique, and the characters are just so fun. The writing's great. Uh, you actually care about the characters, but also importantly, they explain why the characters are doing the things they shouldn't be doing that they are doing. Mm -hmm. And then you feel for those characters because you're like, you know, I can relate to that feeling because of this other feeling that I experienced. In like, it's nice when games that are even if they're goofy. When they're exposing these really dark things, 
Like right. there's a character who is basically hoarding souls in pots. Mm-hmm. And they explain why. And when you find out why, you're just like, oh, man. And I just, I, oh, no. Oh, I feel bad now. So you get to do the whole, like, I'm the hero, but also it's complicated because I'm not. Right. But it's, you kind of yeah. are. You are, but you're misled by someone. Yeah, and then you were, you were truly the hero because you right those wrongs. Right. The, it, it gets pretty deep, and it's a lot of fun if you haven't played it. It is available on just about every console. Yeah, I played it on um, the Switch, so if it worked on the Switch, it'll work on a potato. Yeah, no, I, I think I played mine on PlayStation, but it, it's available everywhere. Uh, and it's a banger. It's a good one. Uh, my, right, number, my number nine is Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe. Okay, perfect. I'm just going to tell you my eight, because my eight is Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe. There, listen, it it was a really fun Kirby game. Like, it's, it, I think it, better for me than you, though, because I played it with my kids. Right. Like, Gianna, I played through the entire campaign with Gianna. Yeah. And when we were fighting the final boss in the campaign, um, we died once because I basically had to solo it because Gigi got beat up pretty fast. And, you know, I had been using the healing items to keep her alive during the campaign, but there were too many enemies at once, and she was having a hard time dodging. So then Ty stepped up and was like, I'll play too. And he basically ran around protecting Gigi while I was fighting the boss, and Gigi was hitting everything near her. So... And it was like this really cool experience because of that. Now, my question is, when you play multiplayer, because I only played the single player, uh, when you play multiplayer, does everybody control, like, a Kirby? Or is it, like, one person's Kirby and everybody else's Waddle D or Bandana You have, D? like, one person is Kirby, and then the other person gets to choose between a list of options. Oh, okay. If I remember correctly, she was able to play as Kirby because okay. she liked the abilities. Yeah. But it was ironically better for her if she didn't because she couldn't lose the ability of like Waddle D or Meta Knight. Sure. So, you know. Oh, that's cool that you get to play as like better Meta when she chose Meta Knight at L, but when she chose Kirby, I basically ran around like trying to like be a human shield in front of her. Right. <laughs> it was super fun though, and it was the first game that she ever beat. Yeah. Like she played um what was it? Uh, Forgotten World? Uh, Forgotten uh, Land? Kirby's Kirby yeah. and Forgotten whatever? The 3D I one. The last word. Yeah. But she, she played that with me and got through about half the game. But okay. then it just got difficult for her at the end. Sure. But yeah. Great I mean, game. I didn't I didn't do the Magalore thing. I didn't yet. do the Magalore thing either. I don't I, I I'm gonna have to like return to Magalore. I'm gonna to... leave a note to that actually on here. That's that's in my next year list now gotta, gotta beat it in 2024 we'll come back to you guys to a year from then, now you know there were a couple of other games way higher up on the list that came out sure uh and that's i mean that's one of the the hardest things is like it's like all right i beat this game and or almost beat this game and crap there's another game breathing down my neck uh there's listen i've actually got <laughs> i've got some sentences to say about this exact thing later on in the show um, but yeah, uh, Return to Dreamland Deluxe was a remake of Kirby's Return to Dreamland on the Wii. Wii, right? Uh, yeah. And yeah, Return to Dreamland was Wii. 
And that was like, one of our Yoush games, remember? It was one of our Yoush games. Yoush. It was a uh, they they upped the art style a little bit, and it was kind of like a swept under the rug kind of title. It felt like they were just like, oh yeah, and by the way, uh, here's a Kirby, and moving on, sort of thing. Um, but my number eight is High on Life. Ooh, now interesting. High on Life was, for what it's worth, a, a really fun. Really fun game at at the end of the day. It is a story-driven first-person shooter uh, written and performed by a lot of the Rick and Morty people. Um, so, I mean, Justin Roiland is, like, the main voice person in that game. But there are a ton of other people, including, like, Tim Robinson. Uh, and it it really is just, like, a very funny, absurd, uh, well-written uh game that you know really only takes about 20 hours there's you don't get too bogged down with combat or anything like that and it is just kind of a fun little one-off weird bizarre adventure and it, it was just and it was on game pass it was free like how could i say no i had never played it but i i saw a gameplay of it and it was one of those things that felt like a fever dream but it was a game absolutely is a fever dream it felt sort of like psychonauts in some ways um i mean if if psychonauts was a first person shooter and uh the writing the writing in certain spots felt like psychonauts the writing is very silly and like psychonauts the the game is very narrative driven so there there are a handful of parallels there um and yeah i i think that's a that's pretty apt actually um but it was it was a fun time i mean i know that there have been like allegations against justin roiland and he is uh like he ain't even a part of rick and morty anymore yeah that was a pretty unfortunate scenario yeah so uh, if you don't want to support a game like that that's totally understandable but you know there were a ton of other voice actors who were involved and other writers and stuff so if you still want to support the the work of those other people and listen, once you get the Tim Robinson gun, it's all over. He's the best. It is genuinely one of the funniest characters I've ever seen in my entire life. That was what I wanted to like check the game for because I heard about that and I was like, this sounds really ridiculous. It I is, need to see what this is. It and is it was just as ridiculous as I was expecting it. Yes, it's so good. It's so stupid. I love it. I love it. Um... Adelon, your number seven game of 2023. So this one feels like this whole list feels like in any other year, these games would have been top five at least. Yeah, that's Um, fair. Like actually insane. Uh, Seven, I have the Metroid Prime Remaster. Ooh, okay. It was, it was so good. Like, and again, another game, I got mostly through the game, and then it got interrupted by another game. There were no breaks this year in that. Like, every... When I had to stop playing games this year because of moving or whatever other thing, I just yeah. was like, I'm gonna fall behind. And I've never felt that feeling, really. It's... Yeah. It's but, wild, um, yeah. they did an amazing job remaking the game. It is... I don't care what anyone else says. There are a lot of good-looking games on the Switch. Sure. Um... 
I think Pikmin 4 and the Metroid Prime Remaster are the two best-looking games on the system, and I don't think it's close. I mean... They, they're they're uh, gorgeous. They are gorgeous. I don't know how they managed to do it, but the Prime Remaster looks amazing. And they did this cool thing where they, they added a couple of quality-of-life features. Yeah. But they also added extra buttons because the controller can support that now that they have two L buttons and two R buttons. Oh, okay. Um, like they added a button to jump when in the morph ball so that you don't have to use the bomb. Oh, that that's nice. Which makes sense because you could do it in other Metroid games. Right. Um, so it was really cool. And I had never actually played through Metroid Prime because when I first attempted it, I was like really, really bad and I didn't get very far and I got lost. Right. And then I put it down... And I came back like half a year later and didn't remember anything I had done. So I just gave up. Um, I was playing through it on PC on an emulator. And then the emulator, like when I was transferring things from computer to next computer, yeah. the file got corrupted. Okay. So I stopped playing it again. <laughs> and then I, it came out for the Switch. I was like, oh, thank God. I can actually play it through it this time. Let's go. It's so good. It's so good. So it's the whole trilogy in one game. Is that correct? Uh, no. So this is actually just Metroid Prime 1. Just Prime 1. Okay. Um, I think it released for like 40 bucks or something. I forget. Okay. But it's... I, I've it's heard so nothing good. but incredible things about it. Yeah, they nailed it. They This year had a couple of remakes, spoiler alert, that <laughs> did exactly what they need to do to make the games amazing. Sure. Uh, can't wait to talk about that one at number four. <laughs> <laughs> a little preview. Okay. So that was your number seven. Yep. My number seven. I'm surprised it's this far down the list. It's like I said. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Really? Number seven. Um, And I'm going to say this is DLC included at this point. Uh, Just so I'm not taking up two spots or whatever. I'm going to say. Bill, this is pretty funny because guess what my number six is. Is your number six Pokemon Scarlet and Violet? Yeah. Hey, let's go. This is weird. Now, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet did launch in November of last year. But, you know, by the, it's such a long game that by the time I got around to finishing it, it was already 23. Yeah, same here. Um, I've only completed the first DLC uh, so far. But... I mean, they were good. I've watched Ty playing it, and he. Yeah. There have been so many times where I'm sitting at my computer doing work, and I turn to the right, and Ty's like popping off in his chair because some cool thing just happened. And this is just in the past couple of days. So. I I mean, the, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet is Generation Nine of Pokemon. It is the first truly open world Pokemon game that exists, and almost. I, I mean. Are you, what are you, what are we saying? Like minus the level, the level gating doesn't exist, and that that sure, but that doesn't it's make open it not open. You can world. go wherever you want, but right. it's not open in the sense that there's no level scaling. So like you don't actually get to pick what order you go in unless you over level to the point where you're sure. no longer actually trying in the rest of the game. Right, right. Like that... I accidentally did the um, um, what's her name? The fire car lady me- me- mellow me- hmm. why does melia pop in my head but i think it's mella okay mella 
but she is she's uh the uh i did hers in the wrong order so i, I had to level up to be hers and then oh, i found yeah. the other ones that i was like quote supposed to go to and i just annihilated them because Steam i was like them. now four levels higher i mean that i i tend to agree I, I think that the leveling system is probably the biggest flaw of the game and that and the graphical issues and the performance issues what's that you're gonna go to the lake no you're not you don't want to go back there ever again listen listen despite everything the core gameplay loop of pokemon scarlet and violet was phenomenal oh yeah this opinion. was the best pokemon in my opinion since ruby sapphire uh, I think it is almost as good as Pokemon Legends Arceus. Uh, I think. Oh, I mean, Legends... like core game, yeah. Legends Arceus was my favorite Pokemon game yeah. since Silver. Um, but yeah, no, this is this is a really fun core game. I mean, the yeah. the Pokemon design's insane. The just the concept that it is open world and there is all this stuff that you can explore. I think is a really big step forward for Pokemon, despite the fact that they won't employ more than seven people at a time. Uh, to make sure that it's just a looks... small indie company, give them a break. We're just a multi-billion-dollar indie company. We're just little babies. Ooh, don't listen. We're just little babies with the most popular media on the planet. What's that? We knock on the door of Disney and they get anxious. Right. No, but we're babies. We're just little, we're little guys. Um. This is this is what Pokemon views themselves as right here. This little whooper. That's them. <laughs> They're like, oh, I'm a little whooper. I'm not going to harm anyone. And then it turns into Claude Sire and poisons you. True. That's like, how did that happen? It's. They hit you with earthquake or something. Who knows? But I mean, like, if any company follows the traditional uh, Nintendo 90-10 rule, it it is the Pokemon. Theirs is like the. the, They're like the 70-30. They're like the 75-25. Yeah, no, like where they'll they'll they <laughs> they just they they do a lot good, but the things that they do wrong are just such head scratchers. It's yeah, just, it's just like this didn't need to happen, but it did happen. Why? Like, like, it, like one of the coolest features is terror raids in uh, this game. And yeah, where, the performance is horrible. Where you and three other Pokemon trainers can fight against a giant boss Pokemon. And <laughs> it's such a broken experience where, like, everybody's, so good. everybody's time is desynced. Nobody's attacks matter unless they do. And even then, sometimes they still don't, despite what the visuals will tell you. Right. And then there are the times where they were like, oh, by the way, we forgot to actually make sure the abilities work properly in these battles. Oopsie. Also, what's that? You can't select an option. Well, you're going to have to sit there and eat your timer for the next 15 seconds. By the way, yes, the timer is going to be eaten for those 15 seconds. No, you didn't get to make any choices. What's that? You decided to go online and you're playing with five-year-olds? Have no idea what they're doing? Sure would suck if we didn't scale. Oh, we didn't scale. Oh, it's a four-star raid? And wow, look at that. Someone brought their starter and they're dead. Oh, what's that? You lost time. Like, It's a long list. But it's amazing. I don't understand it. Yeah, it, I. Oh, that, come on, Nintendo. I mean, come on, Pokemon Company. There, there's one gripe. Uh, so, one of the more common gripes that I hear about game 
is that they don't treat shinies the same way they're treated in Pokemon Legends Arceus. And weirdly enough, that's one of the hills that I'm like, I actually don't think that that's as big a deal because one, they were made by two different teams. And uh, two, it's like, you still can see the shinies in the overworld. So it's not that tragic of a downscale from like how it used Most to be. Most of them you can see. Right, right. Some shinies are just the same color, just one percent different. But, uh, but but they built in stuff to make sure that you didn't accidentally kill it. Like I right. found one of the shinies that I naturally caught because I, I was just doing auto battles and having my Pokemon go annihilate things for experience and items and whatever, and then it was just still there. And I was like, why didn't I? Why aren't you fighting it? And I sent it back, and it just walked over and just stood there staring at it. And I was like, why? Oh, it's a shiny. Right. And the fact that the game lets you like save before you encounter and when you reload, it'll still be there. I think that's like really smart. Um, yeah. And they built that into the game. That was not an accident. And let's be real. The game gave us Larry. And Larry and, is and, one of and the goaded. It also gave us a number of other characters that were funny, like legitimately fun characters like i think penny was a cool character i think clavel is amazing clavel's great clavel's a great he's character like, it was me all along <laughs> oh wait sorry are you killing me oh, okay it wasn't me it clavel's the uh, guy. He's, well like he's him i thought Guido was funny because her sister is like i'm the best actually but i refuse to go do that like paper push i'm gonna go become the best fighter in the world baby right like the mona is amazing as far as as far as like your partner person goes, mm -hmm. like she was like an actual person. Then you got Arvin in like the saddest story ever, which became oh the happiest God. story ever. Ar and Vostiff is just such a good boy. I I oh totally forgot about Arvin for a second, but oh my God! See, what there are enough characters where all of them are per currently populating your thoughts. Right, right. I can't remember the last time that happened. Name and, another game. And like, just, Start Shield, you got like Rose and his brother Peony, Peony, and then you had Peonia or whatever the daughter was named. But like, I didn't care about the majority of the characters in that game except I, for. Uh, I still don't even care about Leon. I thought Leon was cool. Like he's cool, but that's his hat. The planning, come on, his hat is a crown. Yeah, but I mean, like Sword and, and Shield was kind of. Like, people dog yeah, on Gen 9 as if Gen 8 wasn't also trash. Outside I, I'm one of the few people who actually thought it was better than my initial thoughts. But that is for a different video, different time. Uh, by the way, I'm going to bake in the DLC to uh, my Pokemon Scarlet and Violet answer. And uh, the first set of DLC was a lot of fun. I just want to say the, the Teal yep. Mask was just a really fun little, like, 6 to 10 hour adventure introduced a handful of new pokemon and some of the characters there were uh really interesting yeah i also like ogre pond ogre pond is my favorite legendary in a while yeah ogre pond's adorable all right so that's your number six is pokemon scarlet violet my number six is psychonauts 2 oh good i was hoping this made the list yeah oh yeah psychonauts 2 uh, another game that came out technically i want to say last year um, but it is the sequel to the game Psychonauts that originally came out, I want to say, on the PS2. 
back in like 2003 or 4 or something like that and it picks up right where the game left off uh, it is a like direct sequel that takes place like 10 minutes after the first game ends oh that's cool yeah and you know it has a lot of the returning characters there's a bunch of new characters it is a 3D story driven action adventure platformer um with some subtle collectathon things to it and instead of an open world there are just like a handful of uh themed worlds that exist that have different gimmicks and you're going around that's in line with the first I'm sorry that's in line with the first yeah oh yeah that's totally in line with the first like there is a um for example early in the game one of the uh minds that you enter is a uh, an administrator's mind and you think like at first the whole thing is like ho- a hospital administration situation but then you actually break her- this character's brain and they become a gambling addict so it becomes a casino hospital that you're running around in is that's it- hilarious it is actually what and then uh to break into like a uh, mind safe you have to like go through the different parts of a dice or of a die rather and like you have to do like all six sides and each side is like a different little uh puzzle or area to explore that's uh, really cool yeah it is really fun they also have one uh mind that you go into that is like a um like just like a game show like a cheesy like 80s game show and it is very just silly and absurd and it is just one of those games that is just super unique unto itself uh doesn't take itself too seriously and is just worth the the 25 or so hours that you spend in it yeah psychonauts one of those games that i've always wanted to play because it just looked so cool i remember who was it griffin lobster oh yeah it's like one of his favorite games I remember seeing that a long time ago because of him. Yeah. And then I, I watched you play the the OG on stream. Yep. And I remember being actively involved in like back helping backseat when you wanted backseat help. Because I was like, this game is so cool. The, the game is really cool. And the game, like the first game has like a little bit of like brokenness to it. But I mean, it was a platformer from 2002 or whatever. So yeah, a.k.a one of the many that had that problem because they all did right exactly and you know this one actually like doesn't have that much brokenness in it but it's still like flexible enough where you can pull off some shenanigans and you feel really cool about it so i'd like to see a speed run of it i'd be curious to see yeah that would be a lot of fun now battle on we are halfway there are we living on a prayer with your number five pick Honestly, yeah. So for five, I have Little Gator Game. Yo! That game's adorable. We talked about it a little bit. Uh, okay, so. Yeah, let, let's hear your story. The premise of Little Gator Game hits me in the heart so hard. Uh, probably because I'm a dad, it hit me in a special way. Um, it got me in my feels. So Little Gator Game is you're, you're a little gator, as the game's title implies. And you're, like, in the forest, and your sister is home from college, and she is also a gator, and she's, like, sitting on, like, a bench with her laptop doing work, and 
you want her to play with you. And she's like, no, sorry, I'm too busy. But she's like really nice to you. Sure. And you're like, all right, well, how am I going to get her to want to play with me? And like one of your friends goes, we just got to make the coolest game ever. And then she'll play. And you go through like all these different areas and help all these other kids out with their problems to try and like get them to go to your place. Like you're you're making this playground into the playground where they're like you start building things and it basically turns that place into like pretend land and you go through and you do all these things to try and get her attention and it never works and you get to the end of it and then there is a section at the end spoilers if you haven't played it, sorry. Earmuffs. Um where you relive a bunch of your memories from when you were younger mm-hmm. and you start seeing how your sister was involved with what you're doing. And like the character finally gets the fact that this is really important. And she gave you all these amazing experiences. You have to be thankful for the fact that you got these things. Not everybody does. Right. And your character finally is just like accepting it, but sad. And, um, Finally, you get through all of that, and at the end, she's like, you know what? Okay. And she puts the laptop away, and, like, it basically ends with her walking back with you to go play. And I literally sat there like, don't cry. Don't cry. Don't cry. Don't cry. Don't cry. Oh. Uh, fine. You win. Yeah, it was amazing. I, I played through it with Gianna. Tyler played through it. They they had a blast. Um. And it's just, it's such an amazing game. I love it. It its a it feels great to play. Yeah, you the can, controls are super responsive. There's an item you get later that will, like, help you find all the stuff you're missing. Uh, 100% of that game. And it was, it was, it was fantastic. It just feels so good to run around, too. The physics are so good. It, it's just fun to explore that, that area. It, like, just the, the area of Little Gator Game. It's just, it's just really well and really well done and like really thoughtfully done yes it was very intentional and i it didn't hurt that it was published by platonic and friends love it love it all right so what you got at five my number five game we did talk about it a little bit before Ooh. it is super mario wonder that's probably where it would show up on my list if i had actually gotten through it super mario wonder I mean, we we talked about it a little already, but, you know, it is your classic Mario romp where you're playing through, you know, eight worlds as uh, not just Mario, not just Luigi, but also Princess Peach and Daisy and Yoshi and Toad and other Toad and Toadette and And Nabbit. And you just get to go through and you get to play the dang game. Yeah, you do have your desert world. The wonder seeds are what really do it, though. You do have your ice world. You have your lava world. You have your poison world, which poison world has been a thing with Mario games, like, since, I don't know, like 2000. There's always been, like, a poison world. Yeah, really, since New Super Mario Brothers, it's been in everything. Yeah. Um, But Even in the Paper Mario games. Despite all the familiarities... The Wonder Seeds really make every level feel so different. You know, whether it changes the perspective of Mario, 
whether it makes the enemies do something different, whether it makes Mario a stretchy guy. I mean, they're, heck, one of them lets you swim in lava, for goodness sake. Uh, but Yeah, it's so cool. I think short period of time I played it, the coolest one I experienced yeah. was where you're running through the trees. Mm-hmm. And you have to collect all the, like, purple coins or whatever, and you're running through the trees to do it. Yeah. I was playing with Gigi, and I was like, come on, G, we gotta go, let's go! And she's like, Argh! she's like running around, falling off of everything. Oh my gosh. And we, like, just barely made it, and she was so excited. Like, there are very few times where she's had that, like, excited look on her face where she's like, yeah! and, like, you know, she won't be able to do that for the whole game. She couldn't do it for the whole game. There were a bunch of other levels where she was like, can you just do this one by yourself? Because right. this is hard. But it was so cool. It was a great experience. Oh, it's it's so good. Like, just in, like, the second level of the game, I think it's just, like, a perfect, just, like, example. The second level of the game, the Wonder Seed, turns the game into a musical. Where the piranha oh, yeah. plants literally start singing a song. And uh, you're trying to navigate the level while they're kind of walking around singing. The most hilarious aspect of that is you can actually kill the piranha plants and the vocal tracks will stop if yes, you kill which the piranha plants. In my playthrough. Which and is I was like, oh so funny. It's like it's such like a like cute like touch. <laughs> it's like they're just It's just so it's just like everything about Mario Wonder is just like good vibes and it's just good Mario design. And it's just, it's it's just a great late Switch era Nintendo game that just knocks it out of the park. Yep, that sums it up. Number four. All right, now I think our top four might be the same. Our is our top four the same? Do you think it's gonna be I, in the same order? Even that's, well, that's what I'm wondering. I'm curious to see. All right. All right. Fourth place for me, and this this is weird for me to say this, because in any other year, it probably would have been first place. Yeah. It's the Mario RPG remake. Okay, okay. That's not my number four. Interesting. Okay. So I'm going to save it for whatever number it is for you, then. Okay. Okay. Uh, you, know what's, you know what's messed up? What's that? You know what my number four is? What's that? My number four is the IGN Game of the Year. That's my number three. Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Okay, I think we're talking about Tears of the Kingdom first. Yeah, let's talk about Tears of the Kingdom, man. Is your three three Smurpig? My three is not Smurpig. Oh, man, so it got up there. Yeah, yeah, it it, it hit me. It hit me in a a special place. So, Tears of the Kingdom, of any game I've played, the only game... I've ever had a bigger, like, wow, I can't believe this is real moment was Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Um, There was never another game when playing it where I had a bigger, like, I can't believe this is possible. This is so amazing. Like, the opening to Breath of the Wild, I literally wasn't on Wonder. I feel like Tears of the Kingdom doesn't get to number one because of breath of the wild as weird as that is i think people are going to eventually look back on the breath of the wild 
uh, arc saga, if you will, of, of Zelda. Those two games. And you know, you know, they they both do exploration so differently, um, despite being such similar games, and it it really it's uh it's, it's I feel just... like early Tears of the Kingdom. Once you get through, like, basically tutorial, because the tutorial part definitely was better in Breath of the Wild than in Tears of the Kingdom. Right. But following that, the open world part, I think, was better in Tears of the Kingdom because of the Ultra Hand mechanic. And Tears of the Kingdom also had the Ascend mechanic, and between those two things, you could basically do whatever you wanted if you figured it out. And... You that can break the game a lot the easier best too. Gameplay loop I have ever experienced. I have never had more fun ever. Pretty much, except for playing Smash with my family. I have never had more fun playing a video game than I did while playing Tears of the Kingdom. But there were some moments that were like, I'm I'm gonna try and hundred percent this game. And there were some things that were just really obtuse for no reason. Or and there were some things that were really frustrating for no reason. What do you mean the stupid thing, the, the cart is wobbling and I have to start all over again? There's a Gleok over there. I have to fight a Gleok in order to do this? Is that what you're telling me, game? I have to go fight a boss that I definitely don't have the tools to kill right now? It, I feel Fine, like... Fine, I'll come back later. So, so just st taking a step back real quick... Uh, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom is an open world experience where you play as Link to save Hyrule and the map is quite literally three times the size if you take into account the sky and underground areas uh, of the map of Hyrule in comparison yep. to Breath of the Wild. Um, you know, how much actual content is on those two extra layers? Uh... You know, I don't think it's as much as it could have been. But given, like, the scope of the game, it's still insane. Um, I feel like Tears of the Kingdom is it's one of those games where you go from I'm a scared little baby to I am God. Yes, and uh, you can do that really fast if you know what to do, and which I didn't once, really. once it, it's like a switch that flips, too. Like, you are, you go from Scared Little Baby to I Am God uh, in a very short amount of time when that change happens. Um, and when that change does happen, I think it does hurt the overall game itself. Um, just because yeah, certain things just felt like they were too easy at a certain point. Right. And it, a lot of things, I don't want to say they like they become skippable. But, you know, for example, I saved one of the dungeons for last and using the tools at my disposal, I was able to cheese my way through the entire dungeon and uh, not necessarily play it the way the game intended me to play it. And you're able to like skip a lot of puzzles just because you're like, well, why would I waste time thinking about a puzzle when I can just make a hover bike stupid? And, uh, or alternatively, I have to go. My, my preferred method, you have given me all of these items to do this thing and I have to get up that wall. 
All right, we're going to ultra hand that up into the air. We're going to make it fall. And the rest of the pieces are now a ladder. Right. And, oh, look, we're going to rewind that. Reverse, reverse. And then you just fly up into the sky and jump off of it. And you're like, that was a nice puzzle that I didn't do. Right. And like, they knew that. They, like, in the interviews, Aonuma even says, like, we're aware that people are going to play through this very differently than we intended them to. And normally that's something that makes us upset but the whole point with this game was what can people come up with right and i mean you'd still see it today um you know there's a there's a huge subreddit community dedicated to all of the uh god hand ultra hand things that you can do uh called hyrule engineering and people are creating these absolutely incredible creations using not only the pieces that are given to you, but pieces that players decided we're going to take these pieces that are normally stuck in a specific spot. We're going to break them away from their original <laughs> locations. Uh, and, yeah, they found some I some really interesting ones. My and, favorite, and I think, have is probably the, uh, the remake of the 1950s mobster car. Where they mounted guns underneath. Oh my god, that's so uh, funny. The doors that could open and close. That's so. And good. they they rigged it so that when you jump out of the car, mm -hmm. it basically turns into like a tank. Oh, that's also, so good. Zoe sighting. Where'd you go, cutie? Anyways, she's somewhere. But yeah, no, ama amazing stuff. I just think that. With the lengths you have to go to in order to do all of the stuff, like normally that I eat that up, but there was so much of it. So that, much. And and some of the tasks that you have to do are so large for such a little reward. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of things that are like not explained at all. That like in a sense, it's good for them to give things where like you just have to figure it out. Right. But some of the solutions to those you just have to figure it out things are like absurdly specific and ambiguous too sure. where it'll be like I i'm thinking of like the the thunder ruins stuff where it's like all right to get this piece you need to go to where there's a serpent with its tail and i was like i found two things that look like a serpent with a tail they're right next to each other i need to hit a specific block with a specific thing right. in a specific way and I went to the wrong one first. And I sat there, and I sat there, and I sat there, and I sat there, and I sat there. And then I found the second one, and I was like, oh, well, this can't be it, because that wasn't. But I'll try it. And then it was it. And I, was, I wasn't, I was like, excited I figured out. I was annoyed. I was right. like, why was it this one? This looks less like a serpent to me. And then I flew up just to see, and I was like, oh, from the aerial view, this one looks much more like a serpent. Right. What? Why is that the way? I'm on the ground when you gave me this challenge. I'm not in the air. If I was up on a platform or something, I'd be like, all right, I got to go glide around and figure this out. Because of the way the trees work, it's like, even if you look at the map view, it doesn't necessarily look like a serpent with the trees in the way on the map. So it's right. Like... Which was, I think, on purpose, but I was trying to use the map. Right. And it didn't help. So right. that, I don't know. There's just like there's enough things that were a little frustrating sure. or that felt just unnecessarily tedious while also being the best gameplay I ever had, like in my entire life, pretty much. Sure. Um, I don't know. It was weird. I mean, usually you don't get a game that has such like internal polarizing feelings. 
I it, it's bizarre because like the game gives you the tools to be your own boss, but it's like they they almost give you too much freedom. If that makes yeah. sense, and you know, like I'm, you know, like you know, a, a wise, uh, insane person once said, "No one man should have all that power." And yeah, thank you, Yuzi, for your support. Um, also, yes, yeah. I mean, I didn't. So I didn't build any of like the god machines because I watched people do that and then just stand there and like deuces and then just walk and do whatever they wanted while the machine killed everything i mean but not for nothing but even the hover bike the, the oh the hover bike no the hover it, bike it you is, needed the hover bike the, the hover bike just breaks the game in my opinion see i i disagree on that one the hover bike if i didn't have the hover bike the i don't think i would have time more i don't think i would have wanted to finish the game if i didn't have the hover bike that's fair because the hoverbike there's might be so the reason. much space to to move around, and the truth is, the hoverbike is just a more efficient version of something that they give you schemas for, right? Like they give you the 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 uh, what is it? It's the the building the wing for... with the fans, right? There's a name for it. I'm forgetting the name of it. But they gave you that. It's like the fan flyer or something, where it's three fans on a wing. Sure. And it does the exact same thing, just slightly less effectively and for more resources. And, like, the resource management just becomes a time sink as opposed to an actual, like... There's no skill component to it anymore because once you can fast travel, you can just go to those places and get whatever parts you want by just looking at the ones that have the highest odds of dropping you those pieces. Right. So, like, it's just a time sink at that point. You just have to go and drop enough charges to do that, and if you don't have charges, then you have to go find things to kill that get that drop charges, and then, uh, like, the Zonite robots, or whatever they're called. It was... This game was also a little... It had much more uh, resource management uh, than Breath of the Wild. And yeah, because you're refusing things. Right. Be because you're fusing things because, you know, of the new mechanics. And I think partially that's why I almost prefer Breath of the Wild a little bit more because it's you have a little less to work with, but you, have, you can't become God that fast. Like, being, right, like once that... you kill a good boss, every boss afterwards is a joke. You can kill and then take their stuff. And, like, it needs to be that way, or else you run out of stuff to fuse that's worth fusing. Like, that's the game's system for being like, listen, I know you used a bunch of resources, but listen, you got a better resource now. Right. Um, I, I think, ironically, the game would have been better if there was less to do and it was shorter. I mean... Because having the completionist run of it require you to do so many big things that used up so many resources that were so oddly specific it like almost requires you to go god mode so i don't know it's it's right. like it is like the best game but also not and i don't know how, i don't know how it's, to explain it better than yeah that. there's it's you have a ton to do and at some point 
the game does become just checking boxes. And yeah. I think that's where you sort of lose that in the game where Breath of the Wild didn't have as much of that box checking. Like it still had some, um, but like traversal is a lot more difficult in Breath of the Wild. Um, you know, you, you really were taking your time a lot more in that game. Yeah. I mean, your fastest mode of travel was in a lot of instances riding a horse, which is I you couldn't pay me to ride a horse in Tears of the Kingdom. Just it it it's too slow. Yeah, it's I got faster ways to go about doing stuff. But you also have so many more things you have to explore in Tears of the Kingdom because you've got the sky, you've got the under whatever it's called. I forgot already. Uh, the depths. Yeah, the depths. And then beyond that, you also have caves. And the caves, right. I thought, were really cool. The caves... But it was yeah. really frustrating that there was a, by the way, you have to find every single cave and this hidden thing inside every single cave. That that was, I think, the moment that really broke me. And, like, my enjoyment of the game was the froggle gems. Yeah, yeah, the bubble gems. As I did it, I turned home dog, I turned home dog free into what he wanted to be. Also, that the way that ended just felt sad. <laughs> it, it kind of feels sad. Like I, I'm like I achieved this thing. All right, he's gonna be so. Wait, he's not him anymore. Unfortunately, he did get real heated and commit. And he uh, went full unicorn. Like he literally, went full, literally, he went full unicorn, and that was it. It was over. Um, it. it, it and then was... it just ends, and you're like, what? There right. are a number of moments like that where you do a thing and then you're just like sitting there staring at the like the screen like uh Yeah, the 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 rewards aren't always worth the the effort in a lot of instances and I will say the the final boss fight is insane. It might be the best That boss fight was amazing. Might be the best the final boss fight. sequence. The final boss sequence was the best final boss sequence in any game I've ever played. It, it is the best Zelda Ganon fight ever, in my opinion. It is just really good. But both, like, if you take into account both forms, like, it is so awesome. The fight is insane. The cinematics are wild. And when Ganon dodges your attack for the first time, oh, that was the biggest oh sh moment I've ever experienced in a that video. That immediately game. took me out of God killed. mode. I was like, oh my god, I'm dead. I escaped God mode and went back to I'm a little baby mode right. <laughs> immediately. And, and that's what that's why okay. That's why the game is like the best game ever. Because you have moments like that where you really right. like you experience things outside the screen. Yep. Right? Like when you do the Yiga <laughs> stuff and you get you like sneak your way through. And then yeah. you have to do all the battles and stuff, and you work your way through that. That, like, the feeling you get from that is amazing. And you're right. going through and you're flying around, doing all these challenges, trying to do the thing for the newspaper. And you're like, you get to meet your buddy Bird, who's like, hey! And then you're, like, flying around, doing all these things. Like, this is amazing. And then you go to the depths, and you're like, oh, my God, all right. Uh, where is that last light route? And a lot of the depths, unfortunately, like, there's not a ton of content in the depths, most it's of the a lot time, of empty space. a lot of the time you spend down there, you're either looking for a specific enemy for a specific part, or you're going from light route to light route just so it's not pitch black down there. Also, you have to climb 30 feet, but the only way you can do it is if you shoot arrows so you can see where you're going. Oh, by the way, now that you're climbing and you've been climbing for literally four or five minutes now, you can't see 
anymore because your arrows don't reach that high. Hopefully you find a way to cheese the wall so you can run to recover yeah. your uh, energy, which I got really good at doing. I was like, there's a slight incline there of a couple degrees. We're going to let go and we're going to run diagonally and we're going to get some energy back and then we're going to grab and then we're going to run back the other way diagonally and grab and we're going to go. Uh, I just like, ended up building a bike and throwing a big light route onto the bike and then just biking around with a gigantic light route on the bike. Which did... I couldn't keep decent. it balanced when I did that. It, it It is a little bit funky. The balancing is a little weird for that, for sure. Um, but, but yeah, best best game and not at the same time, and I don't it's know such how an, to It's such a it. bizarre game, because I don't even know that, like, it'll go down it. Like, it'll still go down as one of the greatest Zelda games of all time, obviously. It's but, probably third place in my book. Uh, it It might be number two behind Breath of the Wild for me right now. It's either second or third. It's it's tough. What's your what's your other uh, Zelda that's right on there with you? I mean, Breath of the Wild is number one. Yeah, but Tears I like Tears of the Kingdom more than Breath of the Wild in so many ways too. It's just so weird. It, it's it's bizarre. It, there are there are instances where while yes, it is a full fledged sequel, there are moments where it's like this just feels like more of Breath of the Wild. And I think that yeah. that does hurt the experience a little bit because I did play through Breath of the Wild in preparation for Tears of the Kingdom, and I think that was a mistake for my overall enjoyment. Yeah, you may have overzelded yourself. I overzelded myself. Um, the other Zelda game that I had the most fun playing, and you're it's not going to end up on your list like this, and that's fine. Um, but I really liked, um, and my brain just blanked. Oh, you the 3DS one? Yes. Link Between Worlds? Yeah, Link Between Worlds. Link, Link Between Worlds was super cool you. to me because they were like, we're going to take this 2D game, we're going to just make it way cooler. And a lot of people loved Super Nintendo. Uh, like, you know, Link to the Past. Sure. I just thought this was better Link to the Past. I, I now, mean... There are a lot of people that think I'm just dead wrong, and that's fine. You don't have to agree with me. I still um, but I, it, but I, I had so much fun playing that, and it was portable, which, you know, before the Switch, a game that good on the 3DS was super special to me because I could throw it in my bag and take it with me when I was going places. Yeah. But yeah, we're, we're getting up to the top of this list here now, so this means, so, so that was my number three, your number four. Four? Yes. So what do you got at three, then? Number three? For me is oh it's such a good game it's such a good game uh i put about 135 hours into this game i think i know what game it is because it's my number two it is octopath traveler yep. 2 yep octopath traveler 2 is my number three game of That's the year number two uh man talk about a year for sequels and remakes huh yeah um, they're just killing it absolutely killing it octopath traveler 2 the sequel to octopath traveler of course uh, available on uh, most modern platforms is a game where you get to play as uh eight different characters in a pretty traditional uh rpg like jrpg style game with yep. different classes and um different worlds or like different like locations locales and it is just it took everything that octopath one built 
fine-tuned it, made it a little bit better, made it a lot more cohesive, and just, yes. just turned the this 2.5D uh, adventure into just something so magical and so fun and really had one of the better turn-based battle mechanics that I've ever seen. Uh, it, it basically said, hey, Bravely Default, what if you were even gooder? Hey, Bravely Default, what if you were a game that Matt actually wanted to play? <laughs> That's not fair to Bravely Default. Bravely Default was pretty fun. I couldn't stand the voice acting. It, it, it just that, that shot me out of the game. I was playing it. I was like, this game is so sick. And then I had Fedora Man, and I was like, no, 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 no. Wait, no, Fedora Man in, in Octopath Traveler 2 is goaded incredibly um, goaded i i don't know how to explain this i i i say thank you I kindly so ironically now octopath 2 when i finished playing that game i did all eight stories i did everything except for the optional optional final boss because i had already beaten spoilers 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 Spoilers, spoilers. Spoilers. I had already beaten it in the previous game. And I was like, I'm not doing the same fight again. The only thing that I can't do now is just have broken Rune Lord Tressa, but I don't care. Whatever. Or Rune Master, whatever the class was. But you know what I mean. Like, yeah. five trillion sidesteps later. Um, But everything else, like... Oh, hold on. Already. There you go. Um, Everything else about it was just, like, perfect. Yeah, all I... the other bosses, the cohesive story that actually linked up together at the end. In the yeah. first game, the stories did not link up well. Correct. And it it just, like, I loved Octopath 1, but everybody else that was like, this is a flaw in the game, like, I was able to look past it because after doing the hidden final boss in the first game, the story connects a lot more. Right. But if you're only going to connect it at the very, very end, that is terrible storytelling. Right. Whereas... Right. Yes. Octopath 2 just nails it. And when you have the whole gang together at the end, and you don't hate any of the characters, because the most annoying character is actually not that bad. Right. Like, there was There really wasn't a character in this game that I thought was, like, not... Just, like, a standalone good... But also, this game adds a lot of uh, two-character uh, stories where, like, you know, they'll go off and do their own little adventure that gives them a little bit more connection between the characters that was, you know, missing in a big way from the first game. So you have these player-to-player -player interactions, and you have these uh, incredible, uh, you know, little, little just, like, conversations between characters that are so funny and give you such a good sense of of just like man this is a set of characters that actually know each other that actually have something to do with each other and they really just do a phenomenal job of uh of making the world feel much more alive than yeah. the first game yeah oh man Okay, so the number of times in the story for Octopath 2 where I was like, this is going to happen. And then it started to happen, and then it was like, whoop, plop, twist. Right. 
That didn't happen in the first game ever. There were like four distinct moments where I predicted a thing was going to happen, and then it started happening, and they're like, psych! Right. It just, it was amazing. It was so good. It was so good. Plus, I think they did such a good job even, I, I think the way they tweaked the classes uh, were were really just well done. They made it so characters didn't become just super overpowered. Uh, even later in the game, it's like there aren't characters that are incredibly OP like in the original game. And also, True. just the locations in general uh, in Octopath Traveler 2 are just so much more varied than they were in Octopath Traveler yes, 1. They mixed and matched the pieces so that you had to use more of the characters if you wanted to get certain things. But every character had a thing that made them super useful. Right. All right. I There's a thing I wanted to do. Yeah. You can say no. All right. All right. I didn't want to tell you before because I was afraid you were going to say no. Now you're on the spot. I'm already <laughs> saying yes. Rate the characters. Who are your favorite characters? In My Oct favorite characters in order. In order, I would say it was Temenos, Particio, um, Casti, and in fourth place, I feel like it's got to be Throne, just because her story is so tragic. But she's so good. Sure. But notice, I, I, my least favorite character in the game is probably Hikari, and I liked Hikari's story, and he was like my main character. Yeah, Hikari is great. Um, Hikari. So was like, when my your worst character well. on your list is like, I actually like them still though. Oswald's story was insane. But anyways, uh, what are your what I, are your top four? If you had to pick four, if my top four, uh, I would probably go. I'm pulling up just a list of the characters. Top four in no particular order. My my top four characters are uh, Particio, just because I think Particio is just here to defeat the devil known as capitalism, and I also I, I can stand also, with that. His quotes for the machines: "If you give him the uh, oh, what's the name of the class? Where the the inventor, the, the inventor? inventor class, yeah, so good. Catapult, go, go, go." the voice the voice acting that happens like on battle screens between the characters where like i, I don't even remember it's been so long since i played nice but like shot, Agnia. right like particio would no, just no, like you're a star, throw Agnia. random compliments to like the other characters and i love it so much that was something they needed in the first game and they nailed it in the second one and that's why oh, yeah. that's why any other year that would have been my game of the year it is literally my second most favorite rpg of all time right it beat Mario RPG. Do you understand how insane a game has to be for it to beat Mario RPG for me? Yeah, I I mean like it oh. it I my top four I I really was splitting hairs here. Like it, it yeah. they, they're, they're all like A's. they're all like you know nine out of ten level games. Uh, but in my the rest of my top four, uh, Particio's in there. Temenos is in there for sure. Uh, Temenos may have been my favorite character in the game. Uh, let's see. I thought Throne Temenos story was Throne just, was just tragic. Also, mm. Um, Throne was just, just super tragic. And then, um, I, I don't know. I'm a Hikari stan. Give me Hikari. But maybe, I mean, like, Agnia was really cute. Like, she had, like, a nice feel-good story. Oswald was, like, your classic, like, revenge tale. Uh, 
that got but me. it was so good because oh yeah like, he, he fought for his daughter ah it, yeah there, there were some moments that really made you like well up there Hikari's um, true villain really really yeah true. yeah yeah that I was gonna say i was not expecting that uh but like it it is it is just such a good game and you know really recommend playing it through i don't think it is necessary to beat the secret boss in this game but no well uh, there's unless... two though there's two secret bosses the first one yes the secret secret boss right no. the, the secret secret boss if you haven't played octopath one i would say why not go for it i mean i did i beat the secret secret boss because i was just like well i'm gonna it's the only thing i haven't done yet so let me do it uh, by the way, oh, some no. of the boss Four fights effort. are just genuinely really hard, uh, including the secret secret boss. Just no, but like you can do a strategy that is like the strategy, right. and just get dunked on, even if you're doing the right thing. Correct. Oh yeah, like there's a lot of like it's RNG. Like, it's, that's... it's legitimately unfair. It it is not conveniently. It, it's the only part of the game I didn't like. Right. Um, so skipping that was not a problem for me because like I hundred percented everything else about the game. It was yeah. that one fight was the only thing I didn't do. Yeah, and the game was just so good. It, it's, oh my god! Like the pixel art is absolutely gorgeous. The music is so incredible. Yes, it is okay. If my, not for the number one game on my list, yeah, I would have said this is the best video game soundtrack of all time. It is. Yeah, it is a very good. Soundtrack. And now it's in second place because of my number one on the list. So. I think we have the same number one. Well, hold on. We we, yeah. we didn't get the smurfing yet. I, I know. I know. Okay. That's why I'm saying we have the same number one, but let's talk about my number two. Okay, good. Which is your number four. Um, yes. And it, again, this is literally just like... This is because you straws. haven't completed these the are, game These yet. are four first place games. Yes. In any other year, they'd probably be their respective number ones of their year. Uh, but Super Mario RPG Remake is... Maybe one of the best remakes of all time. No, um, it is. Like, like it, it is the like, best remake right. of all time. It, 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 I hold on. I, I have a prop. My man has a prop. Let's see. Let's see. So there's, there's just enough delay. Okay. What game am I playing right now, Bill? You are playing. Uh, we're looking at your Switch for those on the audio form. Uh, we are looking at Battleon's Switch, and he is playing Super, Super Mario, Mario RPG. RPG. Right there. What's my icon? Oh, right. All right, it's from Super Mario RPG. My icon is the star from Super Mario RPG. I know it's 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 amazing. I love it. I am currently a golden statue in the castle right now. We about to get attacked by Dodo. Um, <laughs> um, Tyler missed on that mini game, and he had to fight Dodo, and he Ooh. panicked. Yeah, he was like, "Wait, wait, I'm gonna die!" And he was getting hit really hard by the. He's like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna die!" And then he didn't, and he was like, <gasps> "The oh Dodo god, fight is no joke, actually." Yeah, at that part because it's a it just deals so much damage. Right. This game fixed every single thing it, that I would have wanted. It even fixed, fixed the bogus fixed frog. Coin. I didn't even know were broken. How about the bogus frog coin at the beginning of the game? Secret box that the is... one that is there is nothing that you cannot go back and get later now. Right. And it was the, that right. was the only one. The right. only one in now, the first game. Now, the beauty of so Super Mario RPG is that it was dropped on us out of nowhere. And they were like, by the way, this is happening. And it was one of the most hype moments of our lives. Uh, oh, yeah. The there, game, I don't know if I'm ever going to get as hyped as I did during that. 
playing through the game, which, by the way, scored just so beautifully. The, the, the music for this game, the modernized soundtrack, is so well done. Uh, just really just mwah, chef's kiss. Uh, they went all out. The fact that you can choose to listen to the original soundtrack instead of the modern soundtrack is just a nice touch. Um, did you ever do it? I did. I did. There are some levels I, that I actually was like, I'm going to do the the OG soundtrack because some of the levels I think are... There are like two to. points where I think I'm going to, but I told myself beforehand, I'll probably switch over to the to the old one. And I didn't want to because the new music is amazing. There are some songs that are better in the remake. Most, like the, I would the, say like the more overworld than half. music. The overworld it, music is incredible. Like, like the map theme is about so much better than the original. And I love the original. It's so catchy. It's, Yoko yeah. came out of retirement for this. And she was like, listen, if you're going to make me do this, I'm going to make it amazing. And she did. She, she added it. like a Kingdom Hearts sounding layer on the, the map, like overworld music. Oh, it's and so it's well done. freaking amazing. I leave it on the map sometimes just so I can listen to it. it. It's just beautiful. I mean, like the visuals, you know, they, they kept the, you know, isometric two and a half D, whatever you want to call it, uh, view. And, you know, the, the battle systems feel just as comfortable as ever, if not like even faster paced. Which it is faster, objectively. Which is the one thing that bugged me at the beginning of the game yeah. was I was missing all my timed hits because of how fast the move started at the beginning. But like honestly, like this game, if nothing else, like it respects the player's time. And as mm -hmm. like as a game that is a fully fledged RPG, the fact that this is a fully fledged RPG that you can like knock out of the park in fifteen hours is one insane. But two, just like a dedication to like how well designed this game is that you can tell a story, explore a full world and, you know, beat it in under 20 hours is just insane to me. Like it's the most efficient video game. Like it, it just does so much. Yeah, it's it's impressive how much it does. And I haven't gotten to do this yet, but I stayed up late one night with my brother and sister. Um actually, I think Ty was there too, so it wasn't that late. Um but I helped my brother with the second like the the redo fight on Booster. Right. And I love the fact that we came up with a different solution than you did. Mhm. Mm um the thing that was missing as an adult, yeah. When I went back and replayed Mario RPG, because it's it's it will still it will be my favorite game forever, right? Because of the nostalgia and the place it holds in my heart. Um, but it wasn't. I can see it wasn't the best game when you play it against games today, because there were some things that were missing. One of those things was difficulty. Once you know how to fight those bosses, it's no longer difficult to play the game anymore. It's just easy. You just you know the sequence you're going to do going into the fight. You speed run it, and it's done. Right. There's no sense of, like, urgency or, like, the the Ganon backflipped oh crap moment. Yeah. You're just like, this is going to be a piece of cake. And then you redo those boss fights, and you're like, oh, right, my God, I so got the, steamrolled. I'm, I'm going to cut you off. So the game does, uh, after you beat the main campaign, 
one of the big additions of the game and in i'm gonna just try to limit spoilers here uh is that you get to basically refight most of the bosses in the game and they all either have new gimmicks or are just like hilariously more difficult and some of these boss battles are just genuinely no joke uh and some of them are actually just puzzles too right a lot like, of them okay i need to make more... that one thing not happen right what are all of the ways i could make that not happen and there's usually more than one way right uh and i'm not gonna lie it's great booster absolutely just destroyed me the first time i played him my brother got dunked on by booster like 10 times in a row and then i ran over and i was helping and then tyler gave a suggestion in between those two suggestions we figured it out nice but it, it took it Bunch took of, actual effort which was no joke either the refight i haven't seen the refight and then i'm excited to it's, get there it's I still very interesting the game but, but i'm sure it'll be it'll be great oh yeah it, it's pretty cool um but yeah, like it's it's just a really well done remake. They added some cutscenes, and they just made it very sweet. I cried during the ending, uh, because it just hit like a ton of bricks. And uh, yeah, I'm not prepared for that to be done. I've been asking for this game since I was a small child. And yeah, I I think all we can do is move on to our consensus number one game. Yep. And Man, it is it is such a good game. It is so incredibly good. There, it, I have exactly one gripe, and that's... I, oh, I guess I have one and a half. But otherwise, the game is like a perfect game for me. What is that game? Sea of Stars. Sea of Stars is just about as close to a modern masterpiece as you're going to get. Uh, just It is... It's so good. It's this so game, good. in my opinion, like rivals Undertale, and that is saying a lot. I mean, the game is essentially a a love letter to all of the SNES era RPG games. But there were like three in particular that, if you so they they had like a an interview with. Uh, Rainbow Dragon Eyes, Thierry, and a couple of the other people on the team mm-hmm. that made it. A little documentary, a mini-doc. And the games that they specifically referenced were Mario RPG, Chrono Trigger, and... Um, oh, what was the third one? Not, I don't think it was Secret of Mana. There was another RPG. It, it might have been. feels I can't like there's like some Golden Sun thrown in there. They did reference Golden Sun, too. Um, but I think the two major ones were Chrono Trigger and Mario RPG. For sure. For sure. And a, a list of things that they they made. They they had success with The Messenger, and then they were like, the game that we want to make, but we're not sure if we can make, is an RPG. So they made The Messenger because that was a game they thought they could make, and they thought they could get out the door, and they thought they could sell. And it was freaking amazing. Awesome. And then they were like, all right, we have a lot of success here. Cool. You know what? We're afraid that people are not going to want the RPG, the JRPG that we all want. But we all left our studios that we worked in previously to make this studio. This is our shot. We're going to do it. So they made a list of all the things that if they were playing a game, what was the list of things that they would want to have in the game that they made 
for them to play the game, which is a really smart way of doing it because now they're like, what would I like to do that I, I, I could do? And they liked the break system from a bunch of modern RPGs, sort of like Octopath and stuff like that, where you have like the locks. Right. And they were like, all right, this is really good. Good system. It makes it so the combat isn't boring. You don't just hit the A button. The way they kept describing it was you can't just hit the A button. And they were like, right. when you get strong enough, you can go back and beat the regular enemies just by mashing attack. But none of the real fights in the game can you beat that way. Right. It's and... all puzzle solving. You have to make sure that you're exploiting weaknesses and buying time and uh, utilizing all of your characters. It makes all of your characters essential. And they do the same thing that you can in uh, Super Mario RPG's remake where you can swap out characters mid-battle. And you, you have, have to. to know all of the moves your characters have. You have to be prepared and plan it in a way sort of like Octopath Traveler with breaking where you have to set your turns up like, all right, I want to make sure I end on this character breaking these locks this way. Right. Because that's gonna, I'm going to unload on the next turn, basically. So and how do I set this up? I, I love the way they handle the turns in this game, too. So instead of having, like, a speed stat essentially dictate uh, the order of which characters play, uh, enemies all have a countdown timer on them, and every time one of your characters performs an action, uh, the timers count down by one. Now, the thing is, you can have your characters perform an action essentially in any order, uh, right for the three of them and uh then that order resets once all three of those characters have performed an action so you can theoretically have some characters attack twice in a row if order dictates right um but and you, but you want to since you can do multi-attacks you can get really clever and you can be like i really want to do an attack that's uh I want to use the attack that's for, you know, uh, Zael and Lyra. So I need them out together. On the next one, though, I want to use, you know, uh, whatever other character in their multi-attack with Zael or whatever. And you can, like, you can sequence adding and removing characters from the party right. in order to, like, make different attacks pop out. And because of that, it makes the planning deeper. Right. And it... Which is cool, mm -hmm. because the multi-attacks breaking different types of locks and using different types of attacks and having different meters that charge up different types of attacks. Like, there's enough play in there right. where when you master the system, you can get through fights consistently, but with effort. Right. And, like, they... Even, like, as you get closer to the end of the game, like, no battles feel like you are... At an unfair advantage, per se, uh, there's almost yeah. always a, an answer for just about everything. Uh, unless the game is like, you're not supposed to have an answer for X, Y, or Z. Which does happen sometimes. There, Except with one little kick. With one, yes. There's one character who has an ability that uh, basically you can attack an enemy, and this works on bosses as well where you do an attack and it essentially stops their clock for two turns or for two actions. It buys you an extra two actions. Uh, so if their clock only had one on it, it would get kicked up to three. 
and uh, you'd be able to do some more shenanigans. Um, so you could theoretically do like back-to-back -back kicks, but the yeah, kick does... I, there were a lot of fights where I would stagger them by saving their attack for last, and then right. delay, and then start the next turn with that, and then delay. Right, and the kicks do take a lot of uh, like MP, so you do have to plan. Yeah, you burn through it fast if you do that. You do burn really fast. MP is a very, very fickle uh, resource in the game, so you have to use a lot of your stuff wisely, uh, and you don't have a lot of items. And, you know, this is a, a turn-based RPG, so you got to plan out accordingly. Yeah. Um, but, like, other things about this game, like, the, the storytelling is just incredible. The, I the, cried during the story. Multiple times. Multiple times Man. did Carl, I shed tears. Best character ever. Garl, my boy! We, we love Garl in this house. The warrior cook. The goat. The goat. Um... But like the, the the locations that you visit, the the music in the game is just so beautifully done and incorporated into all of these worlds. And you know, this is another game. I mentioned this with Mario RPG, where like it's a a game that respects your time. I truly believe that Sea of Stars is very similar. It it is unlike the medium length for an RPG, like. Probably, if you're not yeah. 100%ing it, you're, like, in the 40-hour ballpark. If you are 100%ing it, probably closer to 60 hours. But, you know, the game does respect your time. It doesn't require you to do a lot of grinding. Um, and there are a lot of... Uh, I think they're called amulets in the game, or yeah. totems, or something. No, they're, they're, they're the amulets, I think. And or the, relics. They're called relics. The relics. So there's these things called relics in the game, and they basically act as almost difficulty sliders uh they don't lock you out of any achievements but they uh add certain things like some of them are you know you gain a little bit extra money after battles or gain a little bit extra experience after battles just so you're not wasting your time uh doing grinding or re -heal, stuff or heal after each battle All right right healing after each battle because you can just run three screens back to a campfire or you could just keep going through. Right. And, uh, like, I used that one just because uh, it did it for everything except for boss battles, which made sense to me. And it was just, uh, you know, a really concise experience where you were just moving forward the whole time. And it, I mean, it, it was just a beautiful game. Like, my girlfriend does not like pixel art games. And she thought Sea of Stars was. Yeah, I mean, the the animation in the game was amazing. They they were really good in the Messenger, and they just got better. Yeah. Um, they created a unique dynamic lighting system, and mm -hmm. I think part of why the game was so beautiful is because the colors that they're using are vibrant colors. Yeah, but they only are vibrant in light. If the, if it's dark, they're not gonna you know be as bright. Sure. They worked with some software engineers that worked specifically on dynamic lighting. There's a if you look in the credits, like one of the the game companies that's listed, their thing is lighting. Mm -hmm. Um, so they created their own lighting system because they were like, we're making a game about the sun and moon. We have to have, like, the lighting has to be perfect and we have to control it for part of the stuff in the story. Right. 
and to get through levels. So if we don't get this right, then what are we even doing? Why are we doing this if we can't do it right? Yeah. Um, and they did. Great. So Great game. Good. They so good. got Mitsuda back from Chrono Trigger. That was an insane pull. Like, the the song for uh, Quirrell Capers, a.k.a. Respite of the Day or whatever, is quite possibly oh. one of the most beautiful video game songs I've ever heard in my it's, entire life. It's incredible. Not the most beautiful song I've ever heard in a video game. It, the, the whole game is worth playing. It It's available everywhere. And Just it's, go play it. You have to. Yeah, it, it's like a $30 game. Like, it is... It is an inexpensive game, and it is... It is the indie game of the year, too. It, it won indie game of the year at the VGAs, and it's probably one of, if not the best, like, bang-for-your-buck uh, modern video games out there. You know, just... Just yep. cannot recommend it enough. It is so good. You have to just go play it. It's it's both of our game of the year. And we And there's so much other stuff that we haven't even talked about in the game. The characters, the writing is funny. You've got... Um, so charming the the game wheels that's in it is amazing yeah the mini game is so um, good i don't think this is a spoiler if you can make it through and find everything in the game have fun with the quiz show <laughs> uh i mean there's like there's so many things the quiz show there's a secret ending uh yes the way 100%. they handled that was quite possibly the the like the first ending was kind of disappointing. The second ending is a little bit of confusion, so like that's a gripe that some people have. I thought the tr the, the the true ending was incredible. The true ending felt much better. Yeah, it felt awesome. Um, uh, and the once you once you get it and you actually do it properly, yeah. you're just sitting there like you just I don't know how to. It, it was a very peaceful, like happy feeling. Yeah. There's not a lot of that in life sometimes. And then I felt that after doing that. And I was like, this is amazing. You told me. I was playing through it. And I was like, I think this might be my second favorite game of the year. I think Octopath is just, you know, is like, this is probably my favorite RPG of all time. And then you're like, no, it's going to be Sea of Stars. I, I, like, no, it's not. I literally it's be told Octopath. you before you even started playing the game. I said, this game is going to be your favorite game of the year. Guaranteed. Um, it didn't hurt that we're in the game. Right, right. We both kickstarted the you know game. I mean. and we're, not, so we're not like main characters or you, anything, but we have like you because can, we were backers of the yeah. game. We're in that one spot. You can find yeah. There's a, there's a spot in the game where there's a an area that recognizes everybody who uh, kickstarted the game. So we're both just in the game, you know. No, uh, no biggie. Uh, but we are the reason that Sea of Stars is here, and uh, you're welcome. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> stupid <laughs> but yeah uh that was our, our our top 10 games uh there's a couple of other like end of year topics that i wanted to kind of cover with you just you know just to kind of like more rapid fire because yeah. we give that a lot of time yeah let's let's rapid fire uh what are some of your biggest disappointments of 2023 in gaming uh would that be the like a wag of the finger kind of scenario it can be a wag of the finger, or it can be its own separate thing. I kind of had a disappointment that was its own separate thing. but um, I'll hear yours, and then I'll respond. So my biggest dis like, uh, and by biggest disappointment, I mean, like, which game did I play that I ended up just, like, 
not liking despite i already know where this is going i'm just gonna second what you're saying because i i I as a spectator felt this two games uh that really uh i i thought i was gonna enjoy more than i did uh the first game which we don't have to spend much time at all on is diablo 4 um didn't click with me wasn't for me didn't love it the game was a little boring a little stale in my opinion uh but the game that really like i was excited for and ended up quitting about 20 hours in and uh, like i i man just really let me down was starfield starfield was yep. a, a big bummer for me and a lot of other people 10 out of 10 nakey jakey jakey and jakey's agree with you that that's an incredible video by the way the the naked jakey so video on starfield is so well done uh go check it out if you haven't but yeah starfield man what a letdown uh kind of a bummer of a game are there any games that you played that you uh uh let me you take a look more? i i need to see when this game was released was it this year I mean, if you played it for the first time no, that, this year, it, no, it was last year. Um, I the the disappointment for me was like not caring about this and its DLC and added characters and stuff. But it was technically last year. What's that? Um, the Mario Strikers Battle League was a, just a massive disappointment. Yeah, that's kind of a letdown. Um, but yeah, there were I had a lot less. Uh disappointments this year than i did in previous years honestly like i guess one thing that was disappointing was advance wars got delayed so much that i didn't end up playing it i have it and i didn't end up playing it it ended up coming out what in like april of this year yeah but i'm not gonna stop playing tears of the kingdom to do that like i was i was 100 percent on board with that yeah i mean here's another disappointment hogwarts legacy should have been a game that I loved, but J.K. Rowling is a disappointment. That's valid. That's I didn't play it fair. because of J.K. Rowling, and that's that's a disappointment. You want to talk about disappointment? Jeez, that's a disappointment. Yeah, I love Harry Potter stuff, but I just I couldn't I couldn't bring myself to do it. Um, the only other one is Fire Emblem Engage. Apparently, was like an absolutely amazing game from a game design standpoint, but I could not deal with Colgate Crest toothpaste characters. Why not? It's peak character design. Bill, I know that this is going to be something you enjoy because I am complaining about Fire Emblem. Which is something that you don't get to experience very often. Oh, I get to complain about Fire Emblem every day. I know, and I I have been trying to convert you to enjoying it for literally a decade. (laughs) At least. Starting with Donnell. Listen, Donnell almost got me, but so close um through my no fingers. it's just i don't know what it is it's like fire emblem can't get the gameplay and the story and characters like it, it, on the switch at least yeah um i love three houses but the fact that there was only one of the possible paths that actually gets you a real storyline sure. and the others are just like and everybody died except for them the end like that was bad um and then in this they were like got it we're gonna nail the gameplay this time because people complained that the weapon system was broken and nothing mattered anymore and then they were like here's your main character is that a toothpaste tube 
in their hair? Yeah, uh, boy. Yeah. I don't know. I just, it like, I've never had something like that pop up where it was like, by the way, you don't want to play this game now. And I just sat there and I was like, I'm not buying this game. And it, that's not normal for me. I buy all the Fire Emblem games. Right. I was just like, this game's, I just can't. I can't, I don't, I don't think I can do it. And I was looking at it and then looking at the other games I was going to play. And I was like, do I really want to take up a slot with Colgate? And I was like, no, we save that for the morning and night when I brush my teeth. That's it. Um, yeah, that was weird. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, that was probably the only real like disappointment is the fact that there were just Fair. a couple games that I wanted to play and couldn't bring myself to play. I mean, that and Silk Song not existing yet. That the fact that we still don't have any information on Silk Song might low key be the biggest disappointment. Because yeah, I, Hollow Knight was like, so I'm good. excited for that for next year. For example, if it actually happens, yeah, like at who knows? This rate? It was supposed to be on Game Pass this year. Yeah, no, it's and we've got. What two weeks left of the year? Not even. Uh, exactly, exactly two weeks. Yeah, it's yeah. not happening. It's not happening. Can't wait for Team Cherry to drop on December thirty first, saying, "By the way, Silk Song is out now." I stupid. that would be bonkers. It would be bonkers. Um, yeah. Uh, and let's wrap up this year by talking about maybe just a couple of games that we're excited for for next year. Just like a couple of one-liners. Uh, what are your top five games that you're excited oh, for? Oh, jeez. I have to or... take this long list and break it into top five. All okay, right. Yeah. Um, five games. Let's see. Uh, already beat all the Splatoon 3 stuff, but I'm really excited to play the DLC Side Order. Oh, Side Order looks good, yeah. That looks super fun. Uh, Born of Bread, I have now, but I'm not going to really play until break, so I will effectively be playing it next year, so yeah. that. Um, Hades 2, when it comes out, I'm so going to probably lose a lot of hours in sleep. Oh, yeah. Um, Thousand Year Door remake, I will literally cry. Tears of joy. Both of my kids are excited for that. So pumped. And I guess for five... Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to see how Rivals of Ether 2 does. Rivals of Ether 2 is going to be sick. Okay. Um, hopefully it gets enough exposure where we can finally deal with not Nintendo and uh, Ult Smash Ultimate anymore. With an right. honorable mention to Rugrats Adventure in Game Land, because that looks sick. It looks adorable and hilarious. Yeah, um... what about you? So, a lot of the games that you mentioned are already on my list, but uh, three that you didn't mention uh, that look like they could be really interesting is uh, Little Nightmares 3. Looks like it could be a lot of fun. Um, Also, uh, I really want to make a point this year to start playing the Yakuza series. Those games look sick. They, they have some of the like coolest so music ever. so much freaking fun. Uh, so I, I do have Yakuza 0 downloaded. So I can't wait to dive into that. But uh, Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth looks like an absolutely bonkers video game. Uh, I know which, Bubble like that. So it, it looks like it's going to be just such a, a fun time. And then uh, the Final Fantasy VII uh, Rebirth that's coming out this year should be awesome. I've been playing Final Fantasy VII Remake Intergrade. Uh, lately, and I've been having such a freaking good time going through that. So, the Rebirth looks like it's going to be raw. 
and uh yeah those those are like the the big ones on my list besides the ones that you already mentioned now i want to give this show a tip of the hat for coming back games of our lives podcast tip of the hat welcome back well done listen we got another episode in in the year of our lord 2023 not too shabby starting and ending the year strong listen it's already a top 10 episode of the year so i'd say it's even top three it might be top three it might be top two i'd have to go back and look (laughs) but uh (laughs) it's time for the segment that we all know and love called tip of the hat wag of the finger uh let's start let's start positive matt what's the tip of the hat you have uh the nintendo switch library that is literally literally one of my tips of the hat is just i wrote nintendo having a huge year on a console that's near its end yeah they basically were like all right guys we've got a lot of stuff to drop consoles hypothetically at the end of its life right why not just dump all the money we've made into making this the craziest year ever this was quite possibly the best year in gaming that i have experienced i am an adult with a full-time job i am married and have kids we moved everything was crazy this year and i have never had a better year in gaming yeah it's it's which is insane because i did not have the most hours in gaming it was just the best year in the, gaming. the quality of video games that came out like pikmin 4 wasn't even in my top 10 and i beat that game yeah i like, mean pikmin 4 is my my sister's favorite game of all time now i believe that I mean, Pikmin it also 4 was... probably didn't hurt that she got second to Shutone at the Coney Invitational for it, but you know. True. But the game is the game is great, and Nintendo's really just knocking it out of the park. Like, yeah, they're they brought back Metroid. Yep. They sort of brought back F Zero. Yep. Um, didn't even talk about that, but what the yeah F Zero ninety nine insane. Uh, also like, you know, the Mario Kart Booster Course Pass like. Oh, that was originally on my list and I took it off the list because I just didn't have space. Yeah. Like, Nintendo just was killing it this year. Yeah. What a year. Uh, You know, and to piggyback onto that tip of the hat, uh, I just wanted to, like, tip my hat to Game Freak. Weird, I know. Just for, like, knowing how to handle Pokemon DLC. Uh, yes. This is two generations in a row where the DLC could arguably be considered better than the base games. Um, and I... I haven't played the second one I yet, but the second one looks I, better than the I, base game. The right. first one, I would argue, is on par with the first, That's first fair. part of it. That's fair. But that's really good because I had more fun playing this Pokemon game than like any other Pokemon game since I was a kid playing on a Game Boy yeah. in Silver, which is actually insane. Yeah, it's just like kudos. Kudos. Also they made Hydrapple, which is objectively like one of the best Pokemon ever. Consider my hat tipped. Do you have any other tips of the hat, sir? Uh if my my list was Nintendo Switch Library plus Hydrapple. That's that's valid. I like how both of our tips were Nintendo and then Pokemon. Um now, wags of the finger, sir. We need two. There are two wags of the finger. Oh. One is a person. The other is the state of the world. Yeah. But, let's uh, let's see our, uh, the 
let's just do the person first because I think that's one of my wags as well. Gerard. Yeah. Yeah. Man, what I a, listened to all your videos when I was painting, and I I like got sucked into like how much you loved all these games and how you helped out Sea of Stars, and like you helped sabotage studios when they were new by like like basically at PAX, the one that we were at by the way, along yeah. with PAX West, basically running around getting people to play the game, like helping them and then being like, by the way, here's a bunch of charity money. Nope, just kidding. It's hiding. Yep. That hurt me because my sister and I raised money for the MS Society after my mom passed away. Yeah. And I was just like, I can't believe that he would actually do this. This can't be real. Right. It, it was it was a very big case of, but he's such a nice guy. And And that's, I mean, like, you hear that all too frequently, unfortunately. But, yeah. uh it's mm. it's it's just a shame really it's it, it's it's just a real bummer because you know you, a lot man. of people did look up to him and uh just sucks yeah one of my sister's friends like obsessed with him and is like grappling with that now because she went to like all of his live shows yeah that's that's absolutely brutal uh my other wag of the finger is the concept of the March of Time and how many video games exist. Um, there's too many video games is my wag of the finger. I, For the amount of time, like I have triple or quadruple the amount of free time that Battleon has. And I do not foresee me being able to complete all the games I want to complete. It's insane. We've officially hit that point where just I don't even like consider games that would be maybe cool anymore. Sure. Because there's just that much stuff to play. Right. I don't replay games anymore. Rarely. Because there's just that much stuff to do. I only replay them if they remake them. So weirdly enough, hey guys, if you could remake Sea of Stars for me and Octopath 2, that would be great. So I can play those again. Octopath 3, coming soon. <laughs> Octopath 2.01, just for Battleon. I, I almost want to play Live a Live this year, or Live Alive, and just give you my thoughts to see if maybe I it would be worth it. I played through about half of it. Ty played through about a third of it. Was it just not for it's, you? It's so cool, but it's just not as cool as the other things around it. Sure. I'm happy that they remade it and they, they gave it a second breath, you know. Yeah. Second shot at life, so to speak, because it's it's cool, but yeah, just not not enough compared to everything else. The music is freaking amazing, though. Yeah, weird. A game made by Square has good music. No way. It's gorgeous too. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it looks amazing. And uh, your yeah. wag of the finger. I mean, other than the completionist, my other wag of the finger is the general state of video. What is going on right now, Bill? We we Stop had the be the best year in gaming, but like also the worst also year the for worst people year making the games. Right the the general state of affairs, like the crunch that exists, like Pokemon Scarlet Violet should just objectively be the best Pokemon games ever, right? Right. Except, nope, you're not going to have a full team of people. We're going to operate on a skeleton team because for some reason. We keep telling ourselves as a company that we are going to make games other than Pokemon and then not make those games and then not yep. use those resources to make Pokemon. 
Like, what? But also, like, the number of layoffs that happened this year and the Activision garbage and all of the buyouts and the fact that everything is getting so much... Like, like the, the corporatization, like, video game bubble burst this year. Yeah. And it's it's really sad to now have negative feelings about my favorite hobby to be like, Oh man, there are these things that are just wrong. Like I didn't play Hogwarts legacy because of a person, not because of the game. The game looks amazing. Right. And like, you know, I'm sure the devs put in a ton of work and, you know, should be heralded for their hard work, but it's like, it's amazing. But separating like art from the, you know, artist is, it's hard. It's hard. Really hard. Which is why I think it's a good idea that Sea of Stars did what they're doing with the the constructionist. Yeah, yeah, and moving the character or, or replacing. I, I'm assuming the constructionist is just gonna have a new name and pixel, but yeah, it'll they'll probably change the the art for the character. Right, right. And that, and that, I would imagine that's all they're gonna do. That's, that's all they need to do. Right. Um, maybe the animation so that he doesn't go like this and hold his hand mm. up the same way. Yeah. So that was an homage. But, but uh, yeah. Wags. Wags all around. So many wags. Now, before we before we sign off for the week, uh, or however frequently, for the year, I guess, technically, um, yep. what games have you been playing lately? Uh, Mario RPG. Yeah. The remake is amazing. Um, I'm going to be playing Born of Bread in the Indigo Disc. Yep. Uh, also been playing a lot of Pokemon trading card game with Ty. Nice. And weirdly, another game of the year that just happened for Ty is chess. Like the the game that's been around for a hundred plus Thousands years. Of years. Yep, that one. Okay. Um, this is in a big to play chess, and he was like, "I gotta play you, Dad." And I was like, "Do you?" And he picked the lot up very fast. Also, there's something special about teaching Ty how to play the card game, mm-hmm. and bringing him to events. Like he learned how to play a year or two ago. Yeah, but he didn't really play it a lot, and he wanted Pokemon cards. We would get him Pokemon cards for like birthday, or whatever. Sure. But he wouldn't use them. And I was like, I thought you wanted to learn how to play. And he was like, I already know how to play. And I'm like, I don't think you do. And then they updated the trading card game. So it could be played on phones. Right. And he got really into playing on uh, TCG live. Sure. And then was like, this game is sick. I want to go to, I want to go play it with other people. And, we built him a deck based off of uh, Precon. Mm-hmm. We modded it to be sort of like an old top-tier deck. Right. Because we could. Cards were cheap enough. Sure. And he went and played. That's definitely... That should also be a tip of the hat to Ty for getting so good at Pokemon trading card game. That's sick. And for and for being willing to take my advice but also disagree with me and make choices that resulted in him beating me at an event we we did a sealed pre-release for pokemon and i was like you should probably use these cards and he was like i like these ones though and i'm like that's not going to be as consistent though and he was like all right but i'm going to do it anyway and then guess what the finals of that tournament was bill we were both zero 
we were the only two undefeated people on our pod of eight. That's and I awesome. had to play him. And he beat me. He beat me two to one. Dang. Good job, Ty. Jeez. That's awesome, man. What have you been playing? Oh, what Other have I been playing? You know, Starfield, uh, your game of the year. Just kidding. Let's see. <laughs> uh, I just just recently finished Lost Kingdoms for the GameCube. Um, I've heard that was a really neat game. You know, it's made from the same guys who... Uh, it's made by From Software. So it's truly the first Soulsborne that exists. Uh, no, it's... Uh, it's like a, uh, a deck-building RPG where you the like the the cards have like it, it's it's almost like sticker star but better and that's not a that's not a very high hurdle to clear yeah no like think of it this as is like coming from the guy that actually was uploading sticker star stuff but like it's, it's like sticker star parts of the but game. with the visuals of like gauntlet legend I'm looking at it now. This is a. Uh, this is interesting. It is an interesting Definitely game. GameCube era. <laughs> yeah, it's very GameCube-y. Uh, the other game I've been playing is just the Final Fantasy VII remake. Uh, just uh, with with PlayStation Online or whatever. It's it's one of the free games. So I was like, all right, well, let's do that. And uh, we've been playing some Final Fantasy VII remake, and hopefully, I'll be done by the time. The, uh, the sequel drops. I, I'm about like two thirds of the way through, but yeah, it's been a lot of fun, and uh, I'm excited to play more. I'm gonna download Born of Bread the second this podcast is good, and I also have to play the Pokemon. Yeah, I gotta go finish Smurfig. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's that's a must. But uh, do you have any other closing thoughts? Um. No, I mean, it's been a really crazy year. Yeah. But there was yet another year where video games were the best form of escapism. And it was impressive how many games had me feel all sorts of feelings. And I think that I, I was just impressed with how good this year was in terms of game quality. Yeah. Like, Sea of Stars, Octopath 2, Mario RPG Remake, uh, you know, uh, Arvin's Mabostiff, playing games with Gianna, like Return to Dreamland. Sure. Um, being a hype man for Born of Bread and then watching the game, like, actually get released and then get released to positive response. Get, yeah. Little Gator game hitting me right in the heart. Like, yeah, I, it was this year was like a love letter to gaming. I don't know. It just, right. it was really great. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you, Matt, for being here, uh, being the co host with the co most. And uh, thank you for sharing your experiences with the games of your lives. And, uh, Listen, if you want to follow Battleon, you can go. It's right on the screen right there. But for the audio listeners, you're going to have to go to either YouTube or Twitter.com slash Battleon. Go check them out. Uh, you can follow me at Bill the Fajita on uh, Twitter and YouTube and Twitch as well. 
And if you want to follow the show, the games of our lives, we upload this to an audio format that appears on both Apple and Spotify, uh, as well as YouTube. So if you follow games of our lives on YouTube uh, or on any uh, audio listening service that you have, it's there. We also interact with people on Instagram as well as Twitter. So go check us out there at games of our pod. Games of Our Lives was taken on those, and I'm still a little butthurt about it, but it do be like that sometimes, you know? I don't know. I think Games of Our Pod is, is perfect. It makes sense, right? I'm so, a fan of it. I mean, I'm also part of it, so I'm biased, but you know. So, uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. We can't wait to uh, be bringing the show back and, you know, have more episodes soon. So... Uh, thank you for listening, and we love you. We'll, we'll also see you next time, too. Yeah. And we're going to play the music for the outro, too, right now, just because I want to. Super Mario and Pokemon and all the games that took us to another base and made us want to keep playing all night. Shout out to Tony, uh, the original co-host of this show, who wrote that song and uh, performed it, and it is just beautiful. And yeah, forever the king, Ryo.